something happening here What it is ain't exactly clear Welcome to the Crazy Pills Podcast. Uh, you can see the video version. There's two cats. Um, hopefully it's not too distracting. This is like take number four because they've gone over and knocked over the camera stand, messed around the mic a few times. So I'm going to kind of hold them here. Uh, but what I want to talk about today is uh, insider trading, uh, specifically with Congress, right? So <clears throat> if you guys are following the news, uh, yesterday... Um, what's today? The, I don't even know today's date to stay the 11th. No, today's the 10th. So yesterday, the 9th report came out that Nancy Pelosi is considering passing some bill that bans Congress from trading stock, uh, uh, bans Congress, uh, members and their spouses from trading stocks. Right. And then today, this morning, the 10th, Another like, article came out that Elizabeth Warren is pushing a bipartisan bill to, to do the same thing, right? So when you're banned from trading stocks, then that also means that your existing stocks, like you can't actually hold on to it anymore. You have to get rid of it, right? So what's likely gonna happen is there's gonna be a window uh, where they need to get rid of their stocks by. And, uh, uh, you know, if you're cynical or a conspiracy theorist, um, it could be, wow, look, look at Congress. They're basically giving themselves an excuse to sell right now what, where, uh, uh, when the market is really, really high, right? Uh, it's been essentially just a straight line up uh, as far as the stock market since COVID happened. And really, if you go back to like 2009, 2010, since the last like financial crisis, stocks have been performing really, really well, right? Um, the Federal Reserve, so if you're not familiar with the Federal Reserve, they're uh, essentially this uh, private entity or bank that somehow is able to be, manage our money. Um, <clears throat> they're, they're the ones that are responsible for printing money and managing interest rate, right? Uh, a few months ago, so fairly recently, they were allowed to, no, their officials were officially banned from um, trading stocks, uh, citing ethical reasons, right? And again, if you look at it another way, <clears throat> it's, you know, they were basically given a free pass to sell without alarming the public, right? And if you looked at when they were selling and where the stock market is at, it was actually a little bit higher than where it's at now because there's been a recent pullback. Okay, uh, I'm not here to necessarily like talk about conspiracy theories or make people mad. Uh, what I am actually more interested in talking about is how I don't think it'll really make that much of a difference. Okay, like passing this bill. So on the surface, without getting into the specific details, what they're saying is Congress members and their spouses are not allowed to trade stocks. Sounds good, right? Yeah, because insider trading, um, you know, we passed this, it's for the right reason. There are so many different ways around this, right? So for example, they could actually invest into a company that's actually trading stock, right? If you believe uh, Congress members are using their powers in a way where <clears throat> it's not, you know, they're, they're, they're doing unethical stuff like 
like getting into investments before the public knows, there's no way you're going to be able to stop it, right? Like passing this isn't going to change. And we change the scenario a little bit. If you're, uh, if someone is just a drug addict or someone is just, they just can't help cheating on their partner, right? Putting rules in place to try to prevent from them from doing it isn't going to actually stop them. Uh, if anything, uh, they'll just find uh, creative ways to get around the rule, okay? So what will make a difference, and uh, I think that's what's going on in the world right now with all this instability, is that we're actually going through a shift, all right? And the shift is, uh, for lack of a better word, the old ways, which is where um, trying to, uh, well, there's a scarcity of resources, right? So when you're, when you're trying to uh, build up your resources so that you have more power and control and uh, uh, influence in the world, um, as opposed to say whatever this next version is, is uh, where when you're actually providing value, because there's an abundance of resources, when you're providing value, um, so basically you're creating more value uh, you actually get to accumulate more resources, right? So that's a, that's a stark difference from um, what it was in the past, right? So like a zero-sum game to actually win, someone else has to lose. Whereas in the new version, as you're winning, the more you win, other people are winning, right? So think about it this way. Um, you know, you all should at least know someone in your life or uh, uh, know of someone where if they actually were more successful, like if they were successful, and usually those people are successful in some way, right? But you should have, you know someone in your life where if this person is more successful, if this person had more wealth, it would actually be more beneficial to society and the world, right? And just think through people like, <laughs> like that is in my opinion uh what the system should be like right like the whole insider trading thing is really um silly anyways right because if you actually look at the specific rules uh it's like oh well you know if you had information that wasn't available to other people um in like this way then it's considered insider trading but if you knew like information that other people could technically get access to, but it would have been kind of difficult, then it's not considered insider trading. And there's just these like, you know, there's like this gray area because it's it's taken something that's really like dynamic, right? And and when it comes to like investing, part of like being a good investor is being able to just like project what's going on in the future, do your own research, and then like make a good and then you know, make sound calculated calls and then and benefit from it. Right. So like artificially trying to put rules labeling it insider trading. Uh, and then, you know, like a fear, like put like a punishment against it. It's, it's almost there to appease the public, I think, rather than to like clean up this thing in general, right? Well, I think what will make a bigger difference is um, as we go through a shift is that things that benefit the system and people that are participating in the system more get rewarded, right? Um, I'll give you guys a good example of that. So, uh, <clears throat> as you guys 
obviously no, right? I'm really big into cryptocurrency. Uh, and uh, something really big in crypto is called DeFi, right? Short for decentralized finance. So essentially it's taking like the functions of a, like a financial system, the bank, rather than having like a central entity in charge of it, it's something that is uh, open. And then uh, it's more like people that are participating uh, are actually taking the place of banks, right? So there's like, say like a pool of money, you could contribute to that pool of money and then your share of that pool of money. So let's just say you put uh, $100 into the pool of $1,000, right? 100 out of 1,000 is one-tenth or 10%. Then whatever money that that pool earns, that that $1,000 pool, right? Whether it's interest or fees, uh, you'll get 10% of that, right? That makes sense, right? And then, so right now, banks are essentially doing that. Um, I'm not going to get in too much into banking. I actually made podcasts in the past about it. But banks uh, are essentially doing that right now in a, I will say, like a, not, a very, not a way with a lot of integrity and making a bunch of money off of it, right? So in DeFi or decentralized finance, uh, one huge thing that's developing in the crypto space is governance, right? So for the DeFi protocols, governance or the community actually get, gets to um, determine what direction that the protocol goes in, right? And to do that, you have to be able to vote, right? So uh, one of the ways of voting that I like the best is something called liquid democracy. So liquid democracy, um, well, let's talk about our current democracy, right? So we all learn that we're a democracy and then like, you know, from the nerds, I wanna get into it, we're technically a republic and not a democracy because a true democracy is like everyone actually gets a vote, right? And like, I don't, I don't wanna nitpick the words, but um, right now the way our democracy works is that we're a representative democracy, right? So we don't actually have a say in, direct say in like the policy that's nominated. Uh, 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 what we do have a say, and I would argue that we actually don't, but supposedly what we do have a say is we get to vote for the people that represent us and then they're supposed to represent our best interests, right? So theoretically, we're voting for people that are aligned with our worldviews and then they're supposed to be representing our best interests and they're the ones that are actually voting on like laws or like stuff to put into place that will benefit society, okay? Uh, judging from the state of politics and how much like people trust polit politicians right now, yeah, you can say there is there's a, for, for uh, just to be um, less harsh, right? There's a lot of flaws, okay. In a liquid democracy, right? For uh, in DeFi, essentially you have um, a vote in what goes on, right? So basically, uh, someone, anyone could propose. So it's not just lawmakers. Anyone could propose a law or a direction that the um, uh, the entity the DeFi protocol goes in and then there's a th certain threshold of votes that need to pass for it uh for it to pass right and then when it's a liquid democracy you can either vote yourself or you can delegate your vote to another person who either you deem is a subject matter expert someone who you just trust their judgment to do the research and uh, will, will um, act in the best interest 
of the system, right? So someone who will actually benefit the system. Now, if that person is acting in a way that's not to the benefit of the system, then they probably won't get votes delegated to them in the future, right? Because the vote isn't permanent, right? Like right now, something, uh, sometimes something that people are calling for is like for like Senate, there's actually a term limit, right? You can only serve for a certain amount of time so that like people that, um, that don't deserve to be there don't just somehow, you know, they're already in a position where they can just constantly get reelected, right? So that's the idea of a liquid democracy. Now, that sounds like a great idea, right? And if the consciousness of, of uh, uh, oh, here, let me, okay, um, let me organize my thought a little bit, okay? So the consciousness, think of it more like what I talked about in the beginning, like the old system, the new system, right? The old is that there's a scarcity of resources and we need to consolidate power and resources to actually get ahead, right? And then I think where we're transitioning towards is that there's an abundance of resources and that people and things that are actually beneficial to the system and providing more value are the ones that are actually going to be end up winning, and right? And we're going through that squeeze right now which is causing a lot of instability, okay? Uh, the culture of something is kind of like, uh, um, almost like the more tangible, uh, like almost like unspoken rules or just, just way things are about something, right? So if you think about uh, politics right now, there's a culture to it, right? Um, <clears throat> to actually be elected, you have to play the game, you have to, say things in a way that is politically uh, correct or like spoken like a politician, uh, right? You have to uh, take some money that's probably not the cleanest, right? Like lobbying money, right? Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, the pharmaceutical company is lobbying for, you know, you get this X amount of money, but then you have to be lobby for these uh, laws or rules that are beneficial for the pharmaceutical companies uh, to get the lobby money, right? You can see how like it's not the most like trustworthy. Okay, so that's the culture of something. So the whole liquid democracy thing is still like a set of rules, right? But if the culture isn't there and then behind the culture is the consciousness isn't there, no rule is gonna actually ever um, really fix the problem, right? Trying to ban insider trading, ban Congress, uh, or the Federal Reserve from holding stock is not going to change their cheating ways, for lack, lack of a better word, if the culture isn't changed. And the culture can't change unless the consciousness behind it, behind it changes. And for the consciousness to change, it's not making something wrong or fighting against what's going on. It's um, actually accessing something that is actually available to all of us and um, and then being able to embody that more and like um, whether you believe it or not, right? There is something to be said about a collective consciousness that we're all connected to, right? And like the example, uh, probably like the most like my favorite example of this is. Uh, uh, the four minute mile, right? So the guy that broke it, his name is Roger Bannister, I think it was in like Indiana or something. 
And for the longest time, this whole idea of a four-minute mile was just like, it, it was just a goal, right? Uh, a minute a lot, a minute per 400 meters, right? <clears throat> Not a minute, when, yeah, a minute per 400 meters, right? Uh, I remember back in the day, like reading, like back in the day, scientists are saying how it's a physical, like it's physically impossible. And then one day, this guy named Roger Bannister broke a four-minute mile. As soon as he did that, around the world, all of a sudden, people were breaking the four-minute mile. And then if we look around now, right, it's still a very fast, impressive time, but like top high schoolers could do it fairly easily, right? And yeah, maybe you could say it's like modern technology, we have better diets, you know, like also like the obesity rate and everything's like higher, right? But like something shifted in the consciousness when Roger Bannister did it, okay? I don't know what the catalyst is for that, right? That is, you know, we can speculate and discuss, but I think it would be really hard to tangibly prove, but there is something to do out of consciousness. And then um, as a culture, right, like I own a gym. So the culture of the gym, I've seen it, uh, you know, edge and ebb and flow and then like evolve over, over the years, right? And it's just something where it's just kind of like in the background, it's hard to fully like, like, like objectively quantify, but there's a, just a definitely a definite culture uh, at the gym. And then, and then it's, 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 it's palpable, right? Like when you're doing something that doesn't fit the culture, it just doesn't feel good. And when it, it's aligned with the culture, it feels good, right? So like, uh, and you know, sometimes I do it successfully, sometimes not. Some things I, I, something I always have been focused on is how do I actually affect the culture of the gym first? Because if the culture is there or it's primed, then the rules or the the more like the, 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 the how to do things that I try to implement actually has a chance to be successful. And um, ideally you get in a way where there's minimal amount of rules because for someone who's actually a performer, someone who's thriving, you actually just wanna let them do their own thing, right? Um, kind of back to the point I made earlier, if there's someone in your life who is just a person of integrity, a person that's actually out to benefit other people, like you just trust them to be more successful and have more money. And you just trust that if they were successful and have wealth, they would find a way to actually make a difference in the world, right? You don't have to actually put rules on them on how to act um, in a way that's beneficial. Like that's a, a natural thing. And um, that ideally is what's going on um, with members of the Congress or men, members of the Federal Reserve, well, basically lawmakers, right? Lawmakers, in my opinion, this might be uh, controversial, in my opinion, the people that are making the rules, uh, if it's this next uh, tier of consciousness, should be able to benefit from insider training, right? Like, because as they benefit more, it is actually going to benefit the people, the collective more, right? Because the the culture and then the consciousness behind it is actually in a place to get people in position that are actually um, acting in the best interest of everyone else. And, you know, we're just not there right now. Okay. And I'm not saying it to like make it wrong, or, like push against like, uh, you know, whether you like, you know, like uh, to hate on, hate on a certain politician is just like, we can actually just look at the system right now and just know that it's not there, right? And one of the very first steps 
to actually be able to shift is to actually be able to be present and be aware of what's going on uh, in the present, right? So, um, and I kind of lost my train of thought, but when I was talking about the collective consciousness, right? The way to, the really the best way to do your part is to actually start thriving yourself, right? And the best way to start thriving yourself is to one, actually notice where you're at and experience, okay, what is actually something a lot more, right? So rather than worrying about just you, right? Your problems, right? Which is actually like a, a small problem set. Like the bigger uh, the pro your problems, the higher your quality of life, right? That's like a saying. Maybe I butcher that a little bit. But like if you really want to make a difference in the world, it's not posting positive stuff on social media um, uh, or, or, or shaming someone else or, 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 or attacking a villain, right? It's actually embodying what it is that you want to see in the world, right? Be the change that you wish to see in the world. Actually embodying and living that and then putting that consciousness out there and then allowing that to actually become like a new culture. And then as that new consciousness and culture is there, systems with rules will automatically emerge and evolve that reflect that consciousness and culture. So then we won't need rules like banning insider training from members of the Congress because naturally people who are in Congress or whatever version of it evolves into are actually already people that like you want them in that position and you want them to actually um, make good investments so they actually have more wealth to make a bigger difference in the world. Okay. Uh, feels like that, that was a little congested because uh, I was just like, it was almost like a stream of consciousness working out thoughts going on in my head. So uh, I'm going to post it anyways. But uh, thank you for watching or listening. And uh, these cats actually did really good saying here. <laughs> and uh, I'll talk to you guys next The man has only one look for Christ's sake. Blue Steel, Ferrari, La Tigra, they're the same face. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills.